Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to A Different Spirit, the podcast for today's Christian woman. I'm your host, Afi Pittman. Join my guests and I on each episode as we share strategies to help you live life in a different spirit. Well, hello and welcome to A Different Spirit. I am your host, Afi Pittman. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking real talk about sex and dating for the single Christian woman. So I decided to do this because my guest is Lisa Murray. I decided to do this because I follow her blog and I loved the response that she gave a single Christian woman reader. And I'll get into that in a minute, but I loved her response. Um, to this woman. It was so encouraging, and I just wanted to share that with other single women that I'm connected to. So Lisa Murray is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a Jesus girl, as she says, and a recovering perfectionist. Her passion is to encourage and empower individuals, whether in their hearts, their marriages, or their faith, and to cultivate healing and wholeness that will awaken a heart of peace. Her book, Peace for a Lifetime is available on Amazon. She writes weekly at lisamurrayonline.com, and you can also follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks for having me, Afi. I am so excited to be here. Me too. I'm glad that you are here. So like I was, like I was saying before, I really liked the response that you gave this woman. I think she was like in her early 30s. And the amazing thing was that she said that she was still a virgin and she was long Mm. story short, talking about how discouraging the dating experience is not just with men that she's meeting outside of the church, but men that she's meeting in the church. Like they want to have sex and they want to have it now. And yes, I just, I read it and my heart went out to her because I know what that's like, but I, I found your response so refreshing and so encouraging. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. Mm. Well, um, that's my heart for everybody is um, just to encourage no matter where we are in difficult situations, because I've been there, um, that we can love God, honor him, pursue him in whatever the situation is. So, yes. Yes, definitely. So in your clinical practice, what would you say are the biggest issues in the Christian dating world that you see? Um, Wow. The biggest thing that I see um, just kind of day to day, and it feels like it becomes um, more and more, um, I don't want to use the word like epidemic, but it just seems to be multiplying um, in recent years, is that relationships in general, especially in the single world, have become very uh, transactional. Um, And people are, uh, they're so lonely. They desire connection. God desires for them to have connection. But what they've settled for 
is um, just a very superficial transactional approach to relationship um, that they find online on social media, they find on the online dating apps, all of those things that tend to grow this um, me first approach. What can I get out of this approach? Wow. Yeah, that I can definitely attest to that from personal experience because um, I know that you can fall into loneliness. But I, I mean, I found personally, mm. like I tried to connect with other people, like outside of just dating, like at work, and then just in different groups that I'm involved in, like I try to continue to sharpen my people skills, like in terms of connection. Because you're right, like mm-hmm. if you, I feel like if you don't do it in general, like how can you do it in a relationship where you're like close up on a person? So I would definitely agree with that. Exactly. Um, but I think like when, what I love about what I'm hearing you describe is you're very intentional about connection and you're very intentional yeah. about community in general. Um, but what I see is just as a culture, and I, I get it, we live more disconnected than ever. Most people, they go to work, they come home, they're on social media, they watch TV, Netflix, uh, YouTube, those types of things. And that is really the basis of their day-to-day routine um, and interactions. So they're not being intentional um, like you are to get all kinds of community and connection. Wow, that and that's a great point. So how would you say that these practices have become so commonplace within the Christian community? Seeing as that, you know, we we're you know the Bible talks about how we're supposed to seek one another out. You know, so how, why would you say that that's become so commonplace in our community? Mm. Well, I think that in many ways, uh, and we can see this in many aspects of church life, that uh, the church community has kind of followed culture in a sense. We look at worship mm. in many churches, and worship has become Um, very different than what it was, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. We look at church life today, um, and when I was growing up, you were at church two to three times a week. You were in community. You were involved in each other's day-to-day lives, where if you think about it nowadays, most churches, um, they just have, you know, one main service on Sunday. Um, You know, if you're lucky, they've got some life groups during the week. And so there's a lot less connection um, that's happening at church. When people do go to church, um, we hear about, read about the entertainment culture. Um, People are more, you know, uh, I don't want to say in a negative sense, but me-centered in, you know, what am I receiving from this? And so that just naturally extends to our relationships. Instead of what can I give, how can I serve um, in being with another person and encourage them, love on them, get to know them better, it becomes um, the exact opposite of what, who are they, what are they that they can fill me. That is very true. And so I wanted to ask you, too, um, because I, going back to the young woman that reached out to you, 
is yeah. the issue of sex outside of marriage. Like, how how do we as a <laughs> okay? How do I word this? I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to be respect, not just to you, but just like you know, to the Christian community as a whole. But how do we get yeah. to the point where sex outside of marriage is okay? Like, how mm. how do we get to the point where we know what the Bible says that sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin? Like, how how do we say that that's okay? And just anything goes. Right. Well, it's interesting because um, I read an article this week um, on, I think it's, and I don't even watch the show, but the latest Bachelorette show. And um, what this article described is that this um, girl is a professed believer. And she came out to say that she was okay with having sex before she got married and that God still loved her anyway. And um, that one of the guys that was in the group, he was a Christ follower, and he wasn't okay with that. And she said, you know, you can't judge me and all of that. And so the whole article was very eye-opening because what it is is it's a snapshot of what is going on inside the church. And I think um, a couple of things. I think that within the church, we're getting farther and farther away from teaching essential doctrine day in and day out. We're not in the word. We're not teaching the word day in and day out. So um, a lot of people are going based on feeling. Um, And Mm. so, you know, uh, God loved me. He died for me. And so his grace will cover kind of everything. And I don't have to worry Um, you know, anything is permissible. Um, And so I'll just kind of go on and do what feels good to me. Um, And I feel like, you know, God's going to cover me in the end. Um, And even though we as mature believers can sit there and recognize that's not what the word says, um, that most people don't know what the word says. And if they do, Mm. they choose to rely on their feelings the feeling that God is love, God is grace, he's all this, and I'm going to be good. Mm, I think, too, especially with younger people, is that they're looking more at their peers. Like, they're looking at what they see, like how how you're talking about this Bachelorette show. I think especially younger people are looking and saying, well, she's doing it, he's doing it, so it'll be all right, right? Until somebody winds up with something that they can't get rid of or you know, an unplanned pregnancy or something like that. Like, they, I don't really think that they really think it through. I think there's some adults that don't either. But, yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. Um, and I absolutely agree. If you think about it, sex is so pervasive in every area of our culture yeah. that children know more about sex by the time they're 12 than I did probably when I was 25. Um, right. And it is, um, it, it saturates, it seeps in our consciousness, it seeps in our hearts, these mes- messages that, oh, this is totally okay, that there's nothing wrong with this. And um, unless somebody is really, really seeking hard after God and really 100% in um, to him, that's hard, uh, hard message to overcome. Wow. Yeah. 
So then what can we do in the Christian community now to change this, like to turn it around? Mm. Well, um, I think that that is, I mean, that's my heart and that's my passion in so many areas um, within the body. Um, I absolutely think that it can be turned around, but we have to um, remove uh, casual cultural Christianity. We have to get back to the basics of um, what is the truth. We have to be teaching um, ourselves. We have to be in the word. And we have to open our hearts for God, uh, you know, to correct us, to teach us. And I heard somebody say today um, on an interview that with our cell phones, people um, have, they, uh, have become um, so insular in thinking that whatever they think, feel, or believe is right um, because we hold these little cell phones and that tells us that we're right. And as Christians, Mm. that's dangerous. We can't live that way. We have to be in the word and open our heart to being corrected by God, to being shaped and molded and sanctified into his image, even when it's uncomfortable. And then at a church level, I think that we have to get back to those basics day in, day out, not assuming that people know what the truth is, not assuming that they know what the essential doctrine of how Christ says that we should be living as Christ followers. We have to repeat it again and again and again, and we have to be in um, relationship with each other to be accountable to one another. Amen. <laughs> so then for singles, who we've identified, you know, the pretty much the core issues of dating mm-hmm. as single Christians or date, we've identified the core issues that single Christians have trying to find true love today. And so what would you say um, they should do, singles should do to deal with these unfortunate practices? And is there any hope for real love? Oh, I absolutely believe that there is hope for real love, 100%, because I believe that God is so much bigger than um, anything that Satan can um, disease or control or whatever. God is greater and he is bigger. And um, I was 32 when I got married. And um, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, which is kind of the Christian capital, so to speak. And yet I was so lonely and so disappointed in dating experiences with Christians in Nashville, Tennessee. And God was so gracious that he brought my husband as my next door neighbor. And I had lived next door to him for four years and didn't know him. And so I believe that if he can do that for me, that he can bring that kind of deep, satisfying love to all of us. And my greatest encouragement for any man or woman um, who is Christian, who is in this dating environment, um, do not, um, do not settle Do not let go of your values and beliefs because you think that that's what you have to do um, in this day and age to find anybody. Don't. Hold on to God. 
hold on to his promises, trust and believe that even in this dating environment, that he knows your heart, that he knows your desires and your dreams, and he is faithful. That's a promise of God. You know, he says that he is faithful. He is going to be faithful to us. And we can't see it sometimes. We can't feel it sometimes. Sometimes I used to get so discouraged and so down on my journey, um, but recognizing that even in the middle of that, his faithfulness never changed, never wavered, and it was always um, constant and true. Um, But that is my biggest encouragement. Hold on to him. Don't settle. Don't let go of your values and beliefs. Don't let somebody else make you something that you're not. Um, And... God is going to bring you. Can't say exactly when, can't guarantee exactly how, but he is going to bring you the love that you desire. That almost brought a tear to my eye, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you so much. And that's why I have these conversations because I know the things that I've gone through and I know that there are other single women and men who experience these things and you know, I was thinking like before, you know, some people are just like, well, you got to talk. There's another conversation about this. Yes, because the issues that people face, they feel discouraged. Like you said, they feel alone. They act alone. And it just helps yes. when you hear someone who is where you want to be to tell you I was once where you are. And this is how you change this. This is how you partner with God to turn this thing around. So thank you. Absolutely. And so this is something that I wanted to share with you and get your thoughts on. Right after we agreed to do this interview, a video came up in my YouTube news feed, and the title was Would You Date a Virgin? It was a young woman. She couldn't. I, she looked like she was maybe 21, um, you know, college mm-hmm. age. She might have been younger than that. And she was interviewing other college students and asking them, or I'm assuming they were college students because I think I saw them outside of a, um, a fraternity house. And so she mm-hmm. was asking boys and girls or young men and young women, would you date a virgin? And some of the answers were just so funny to me because they were just so young saying these things. And some of them said, no, I need someone who's experienced. Um, no, we're too old wow. to be out here not knowing how to perform sexually, basically, is what they were saying. And I just, I laughed at that one because I'm like, you look like you're 12. You don't even look like you're old enough right. to be, you know, on a college campus. What are you talking about? Um, and then one of them said yes, but then his friend was explaining, well, you know, she won't have sex with you probably because she's a virgin. And so then the other guy was like, well, you know, I'll still do it, but, you know, the relationship wouldn't last long. So another guy said yes, but then he said that, you know, we're going to wind up having sex anyway, and if she's not good, then I'm just going to cheat on her. I just, the thing that really got me, though, is that the girls weren't much better. Um, They said, you know, the same thing, like, you know, I want somebody who's experienced, you know, we're too old for that, and I just, you know, why would you do that? And I just, I just was so shocked. I just, I... I don't know. I I guess because I'm not, I'm just, I feel like I'm further removed from that age group. Like I remember what it was like, but I didn't know that it was still like this, like to this level. And then there was one young man that said, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I would absolutely wait. You know, no pressure, you know, nothing like that. And if we get married, and that would be cool too. But what I noticed is that he was by himself. He wasn't, you know, hanging around a bunch of other guys mm. his age. So what do yeah. you think about that? Um, that is, I think, a really accurate snapshot of what, uh, you know, young, uh, what teens, young 20s um, are experiencing and what are the accepted social norms out there. You are exactly right. You know, back in my day, it was more um, the males that would, you know, uh, talk like that or they expected right. something or um, uh, wanted to be uh, sexually mature and um, all of that. But in this day and age, um, I was doing a, a research article for uh, Crosswalk Magazine on pornography. And one of the statistics that I came to was that for boys and girls under the age of, I, I believe it is eight or 10, um, pornography is the number four um, most popular Google search term. And so what that tells me as a therapist is that our children are being sexualized at younger and younger ages and very, uh, with very sexually explicit material. And so it has really, really distorted and shaped the norms, even in the Christian community, um, of what healthy sexuality looks like. And back in my day, um, somebody that said that they were a virgin, um, that was um, almost uh, admired. Um, even if somebody didn't, was not a virgin, that was something that was admirable, you know, in uh, a, a female, so to speak. But in today's culture, as I work with adolescents, young 20s, that's something that is not admired um, and that that's actually looked down upon, um, you know, in the culture. And what I say to that is God is still greater. His word hasn't changed. Haven't found that um, edit in the Bible. Um, he is as clear today as he was 2,000 years ago. Um, when the scripture says that we are to be sexually pure and that he designed sex to be within the context of a marriage um, uh, and that is where he is going to give his greatest blessing um, over our lives. And so hold on to that. The world may be, um, you know, changing in ways that we can't even imagine, but the world is on quicksand. And we, as Christ right. followers, want to make sure that we are on solid ground. You will always be on solid ground when you hold fast to what the word says. Yes. And, you know, I was thinking, too, even though these were young people, and like you said, that's typical of um, young people. Well, nowadays, both young women and men, um, it sometimes doesn't get better as you get older. <laughs> like the, the young woman, she was, 30, I think, 32, 33, and she was still yes. a virgin. And my guess is that, you know, most of the men that she was meeting, they may have been a couple of years younger than her, but my guess is that the majority were probably within the five-year range older, which means that these are people yes. or men in their 30s. And I've met some in their 40s and beyond who are still doing this. 
And it's like, you're, you're not tired. Like, how are you this age still doing this? Like, I, I don't understand that, you know? But yeah, I, I agree. Like you just have to stand true to what you know and just don't let that or anything. I think anything inside you too, anything like, you know, self-esteem issues, or if you um, were exposed to things before, like, and and my question later, you know, will kind of be, I guess, maybe towards that. But I would say, like, if you know that you're dealing with those, let the Lord heal those things in you so that you're not susceptible to people, you know, men or women who will play games with your heart instead of treat you like a person. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, I can only speak as a female, but I do know that it applies to males too, that we all struggle with um, self-esteem in the sense that we all desire to be loved. We all desire to be accepted and, and, and chosen in a sense. And so that doesn't have an age cap or anything like that. Right. Um, And I do think that one of the best things that we can do, even while we are single, it's what I did in my 20s. um, I went into my own personal therapy journey, and that's what gave me the passion to become a therapist myself. Um, And I began to dig deep and work through Um, the insecurities and the wounds that I had, what I believed about myself, my value, my worth. um, And I began to heal those places inside of me and allow the Lord to heal those places so that as I was engaging in the dating um, scene and looking for my husband, that um, I could approach the relationship from a place of healing and wholeness. I knew who I was. I knew my belovedness. And so that helped reinforce and it helped me hold fast to my, uh, my beliefs and my values and my faith without being shaken. Amen, amen. And so you kind of touched on where I was going, which is, you know, I was going to ask you why counseling is valuable. And I think you touched on it is that you get to, you dig deep and you get to uncover, you know, the things that need mm-hmm. to be healed. So what, if someone was listening to that though, and they're thinking, but, you know, I don't really think I need to go to counseling because, you you know, I, I think some people still kind of have that stigma that, you know, you only go to counseling if you're crazy or <laughs> if you're court ordered right. or whatever else. But I think that counseling is necessary for a lot of people. So what would you say about when a person should seek counseling? Well, my belief is that we all, 100% of us, arrive at adulthood with some kind of baggage and wounds from our childhood. We all grew up in um, a a broken home of sorts, and I don't mean divorce, but what I mean is all of us have parents who are human, who have their own wounds, their own issues, their own biases, their own history that is broken, and um, unconsciously they pass that on to us and we carry that into our adulthood. 
And so I think that it is wonderful for everybody um, who is, you know, gosh, the younger, the better, you know, embarking on your Mm. adult life to have a season where you can unpack that and kind of create a new lens of health to understand what were the great qualities of my childhood, the things that I loved that were super healthy, that made me strong. Um, My parents taught me a hard work ethic, all those types of things. But to also be able to identify some of the things from my childhood that were either unhealthy, maybe they were traumatic, um, maybe they were wounding to me in how I believed about myself, what I believed about other people, can't trust people or whatever, and things that I believe about God. And so having that season to unpack really creates this amazing foundation to build a life on. And so instead of waiting till 40 or 50 and having your world, your marriage, your life fall apart around you and then coming to the therapy process, I kind of think, why not get it early on (laughs) and and create this great foundation? And then you have this healthy lens and this healthy perspective to approach my career, my adult relationships, a marriage relationship, parenting, all of the things that are going to come uh, after. Absolutely. I've, um, you know, taken, I've gone to counseling as well. And I remember asking my counselor, I was like, where were you when I was 18? (laughs) And she just laughed. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I really wish that I could have met you (laughs) like way earlier in my life. Things would have been so much easier. (laughs) Yes. Because all of a sudden when I was in counseling and I'm hearing the therapist talk, it's like, how come nobody has ever told me these things before? And it opened an entirely new world to me that made things make sense, that I could understand why people said the things that they said or why they did the things that they did. And I could learn how to draw boundaries, learn how to speak effectively, communicate my heart and mind. Um, And it just, it shifted everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for everything that you've poured out, all of your wisdom, all of your professional experience. I want to thank you so much. My 100% pleasure. This has been a delight. Um, I love your heart for people. I love your heart for the Lord. And I love just getting to sit and chat. I feel like we're um, having coffee and just chatting as two sisters in Christ. Absolutely. That's exactly how I felt, too. (laughs) So, you guys, if you want to connect with Lisa, go to lisamurrayonline.com. And you have all of the connections to your, um, like, your Facebook and Twitter and social media from there, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So, again, it's lisamurrayonline.com. And I will also be featuring our interview here on authorofmyfaith.com. And if you go to the radio button on the top, you'll see all of the uh, all of the different episodes, and then hers will be at the top because it'll be the newest one. So remember, God loves you. So do I. We would love to have you again because this is the podcast for today's Christian woman. And we thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.